what happens when you manifest is you open a part of your brain that was shut off before. Mm -hmm. So now when opportunities come to you, it seems like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I asked for this. Well, you did, but you also opened up your mind to ever receiving that in the first place. And if you never did the manifestation before, you would have never saw that opportunity. Welcome back to the show today, everyone. I hope you're all having a great week so far. Wow, we are knee deep in December. It's the end of the year and it has been, it feels like this has just been the fastest year. I don't know why. I feel like this year has just flown by, but we're knee deep in December. And one of the things that I wanted to have a conversation about, and uh, today's guest will shed more light on this, is something we've been hearing from our She Speaks community. We did a survey recently and over 50% of the women we surveyed told us that they have dealt or are dealing with currently seasonal depression. And this time of year can be a tough time of year for people. And today's guest, I think, does such a good job of describing why our brains work the way they do and might lead us to having depression this time of year. And I'm going to introduce Adair Byerly. She is a, a practitioner of neurolinguistics programming and neuroplasticity. So an expert in the field that we are talking about today, which is rewiring of the brain, how the brain works and rewiring of the brain. One of the things that I think is so interesting about this because I have been hearing about this notion of manifesting for a long time. And quite frankly, it's not something that I had that much knowledge about. But what Adair does so well is she explains why it is that we, our brains work the way they do and how we can actually change our thinking. But you can build a new belief system, and it is about reprogramming your brain, and it is absolutely something that we can do. And what Adair does is she explains to us today how that works and why it works that way, why our brains, which are so complex and still um, something that scientists know not as much as they want uh, to, um, want to know about the brain, uh, we get a very interesting glimpse into um, this topic, and I think It'll make you think differently about uh, things and how you also can change the way you think about things um, for hopefully for the positive. So I am going to let Adair explain it because she does it really well and we're going to jump right into it. I hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. Well, welcome to the show, Adair. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So I am fascinated by this whole stud area of study. Um, you are a neuro-linguistic programming and neuroplasticity um, licensed uh, practitioner. Can you talk with people, share with our audience a little bit about this area? Because as far as we've come and what I've been reading, as far as we've come in understanding the body, the brain is an area that we even today, don't know nearly as much as as we want to know. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about this area, your area of specialization? Yeah. So um, first with the neuro-linguistic programming, um, I always like to let people know that it is, it is considered a pseudoscience, but there are 
um, scientifically proven methods that that have worked that people use or cer certain therapists use um, when they're working with their clients. But um, basically to break it down, uh, neuro is your nervous system. All right. Mm -hmm. That's your brain that sends signals through your entire body. And that's how you communicate. Right. Mm -hmm. um, your linguistics is your language, the way that we communicate, whether it's verbally or nonverbally and then communication. Um, that's how we give each other signals. That's how we tell each other um, what's going on in our life. So all of that really narrows down to our belief system and then the way that we perceive the world around us and how we react to the world around us. Um, yeah. So, and then with um, neuroplasticity, which is really fascinating to me because for the longest time, we had this idea that by the time you reach a certain age, your brain is done growing and it's done changing. Mm -hmm. um, well, it is done growing by a certain age, but as, as far as changing it, um, they say that your structure is done and there's nothing you can really do about it. But that's not true. You can change your brain, which is what they call rewiring. You can rewire your brain at any moment in your life when you choose to. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the difference between people that were told that they could never walk again versus those that did. Mm -hmm. um, it's how they they learn this through people that had severe accidents or stroke victims. They use their neuroplasticity to help them regain control of those certain body parts again. So it's extremely mm -hmm. powerful to know that we have these tiny little neurons in our brain that help us um you know, change our entire life and the way that we experience it. Um, I also have um, certification in cognitive behavioral group facilitation. So mm -hmm. um, it's working with groups and going through certain cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. And that really is just going back to um, how I feel, or this is how I think, this is how I feel, this is how I act. Mm -hmm. um, so breaking those those patterns down and helping you not be so impulsive. Your cognition is the forefront of your brain. So mm -hmm. it's your prefrontal cortex. It's the most logical part of your brain. That's where you do all your planning, your decision making. So it's really important to understand how, um, you know, your emotional brain affects your cognitive decisions that you make every single day. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it goes pretty deep. And then I have some studies and in, in fundamentals of neuroscience just so I can understand, uh, you know, the cellular level of how the brain works and then how we go from our brain to our mentality. Okay, so I have so many questions because I, <laughs> as I said before, I am so fascinated by, well, my last name is Freud. So the whole idea of, <laughs> oh, of course. I have always been fascinated by psychology and you talked about cognitive behavioral psychology, right? That's sort of a, an area of study. I am interested in first though, before we get to that part, I want to understand a little bit better what you were talking about as it related to rewiring the brain mm -hmm. and that there is this ability. Can you talk about, can you give an example of what that means and can, is it something that we could there, that we could develop as individuals, we could develop a practice for how to help rewire our brains. Mm -hmm. So a really simple example that I think everybody can actually re relate to is manifesting. Mm -hmm. So 
people think, oh, manifesting, you're just, you know, saying good things to yourself all the time. But there's actually science behind that. You are telling yourself every day. You are building this new belief system in your head every day. And what happens is your brain are programmed to scan and bring in what we already believe. So mm-hmm. there will be many times when we have things around us that might prove that belief system wrong, but because we're not comfortable with that and our brain's not comfortable with that, we're going to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when you manifest is you open a part of your brain that was shut off before. Mm-hmm. So now when opportunities come to you, it seems like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I asked for this. Well, mm-hmm. you did, but you also opened up your mind to ever receiving that in the first place. And if you never did the manifestation before, you would have never saw that opportunity in the past. Wow. So, so that's an, it, it really is an example of um, rewiring your mind, telling yourself, you know, every day. Now it's not magic. You know, it's magical how how we have that power, but um, it's just the neurons in our brain. Our brain is extremely powerful. I mean, we still don't understand it. It's scientists with the most PhDs don't understand it. If you ever meet a scientist that tells you they know everything about the brain, they're lying. We don't <laughs> constantly learning about it because it is so complex. Yeah, um, it is the most complex brain on the planet out of all the yeah. animals. Yeah. So, you know, and, and we're just now starting to figure, figure out that there's so much we don't know. So yeah, you know, something as simple as manifesting, um, doing those daily affirmations for yourself, giving yourself mood boards, all those are, those are, those are things that are actually rewiring your brain. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask this question because I want to make sure I understand. So when you just said that the manifesting, because I've read a lot about manifesting. I've read about how people, I've had people on the show, um, best-selling authors who've talked about um, the power of vision boarding, uh, all of that. And you just in a very short couple of minutes explained Mm -hmm. it to me in a way that I had not understood it before, which (sighs) is that what's happening when you manifest is you're basically training your brain to be open and like have almost an openness Mm -hmm. to these things that it's not that they weren't maybe coming at you before the opportunities. It's that Mm -hmm. you weren't open to them. Yeah. You didn't even believe it. You didn't know it was a reality. Yeah. So when you create, um, you know, that new reality in your head, you know, now it's accessible to you. Yeah. And that's, that's the difference between, you know, people who are successful. And when I say successful, I'm not talking about just financially. Mm-hmm. I just mean being in a content place in their life Yeah. Uh, versus those that continue making the same patterns and the same generational patterns as their parents and grandparents and great grandparents mm-hmm. have made um, breaking those cycles, those mental cycles um, that's rewiring your brain. Yeah. I mean, all of it, every, everything you do every single day. And it, and it takes, um, I believe it takes about 21 days to create a habit. Um, mm-hmm. That's how long it takes for a neuron to grow into, and it's cute. They look like trees in your head. They look like tiny little trees um, that branch out 
before they're big enough to where they can operate on them, their own and then they start signaling to you without you doing the work. So it's really interesting how <laughs> how that happens and how it works. It's it's truly amazing. Okay, so if somebody, how, let me ask you a question: Can anybody do this at any age? Can Can you do this at any age? Let me first start with without without saying can anybody do this, but it, does it matter how old I am, whether I will be able to? create a new habit that then allows me to have to basically rewire the brain. Is it, is it, you know, is it age dependent or can, can anybody um, the only, that? the only reason why it may be age dependent is because um, the brain does deteriorate after a certain age and mm -hmm. it just, it gets harder when you get older. You know how they say you can't teach um, an old dog new tricks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's truth to that just because you have so much memory bank of yeah. what you're comfortable doing. It's it's much harder to do it later than it is early, but yeah. it's still possible to do. So how did you get interested in this area? Because you modeled, right? You were mm -hmm. a model and then you uh, transitioned into this career where you have um, the entertainment mind frame, that's your company mm -hmm. where you work with people and companies to kind of bring this uh, to, to helping them be more yeah, productive. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. To really enhance their business. Yeah. Um, uh, well, first, first I've always secretly been a nerd. I just never told anybody. Um, <laughs> and I always had a fascination with the mind. I was like, it's so, it's so crazy, you know, just where your mind goes, especially just naturally. I was a creative when I was younger. So my mind would just go all these wild places. And I was like, what's going on with me? <laughs> but um, when I got into the industry, um, I just, I had, I had a love and hate relationship with my career because there was so much unprofessionalism that I experienced and not just me. I mean, everybody experiences it when they're in, uh, you know, a world of entertainment at some sort, whether even, even doing podcasts and interviews, entertainment of any sort, um, you just have so many personalities and mm -hmm. so many psychological patterns that you see being projected into the work environment. And I was like, how are people like getting work done? You know, so I would see these, I would see these patterns that were, they, they weren't only causing creatives to not flourish, but it was costing companies money mm -hmm. because teams were falling apart and projects were falling apart or they couldn't get a project off the ground because people just couldn't agree. And, you know, we're also talking about people that uh, openly deal with mental health struggles and mm -hmm. some of them medicate, some of them don't medicate. Some of mm -hmm. them have their own way of, mm -hmm. some of them, their work is their therapy. So you just have so many minds with so much, many different backgrounds, so many different traumas in one room and it can cause so many problems. So I was like, okay, I see this and I can either run from it, which is what I was doing for a long time. I said, I don't want to be a part of this industry anymore at all. I can either mm -hmm. run from it or I can create something that that helps. So I created my company, Entertainment Mindframe, where I was solely based on bringing brain and behavioral sciences into 
creative workspaces and helping people get better in their business. So can you talk a little bit before we get into it? Cause I want to hear the, some of the practical applications for this, like what people, like what we, maybe somebody can do to, um, if they're stuck in a situation where maybe things are, they're having issues um, with getting personalities to kind of work together to make something happen. But first, before we get to that, can you talk a little bit about the difference between your mental health and your brain health? Because I know you, we've talked about the fact that w- before we started recording, mm-hmm. we were talking about that those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how they're different and what people need to know about those differences? Yeah. So the brain is uh, the structural part of the brain. It's mm-hmm. the actual physical uh, part of the brain and the way that it is built. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does its natural uh production of things like it produces hormones it sends signals in certain parts of your body it it's constantly working it never turns off your brain never stops ever Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of interesting because when you think about your heart you know your heart is always beating it never misses a beat Mm -hmm. Uh, and and when it does we freak out right because something might be going on but your, your heart is constantly going just to keep you alive. And your brain is doing that all the time at all moments, even when you're sleeping, even when you're subconsciously gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then your mind, your mind is really your sense of self. That's where your belief systems fall in. Mm-hmm. That's where your mentality falls in. That's mm-hmm. where your perception comes in mm-hmm. um, and they affect each other. So this is why I have such a big, um, because I've always been interested in mental health and I couldn't understand why it was irritating me when I heard people talk about mental health. And I said, oh, it's because there's a whole side of the brain that nobody's talking about yeah. when it comes to your mentality and your brain, your brain. So let's just say, for example, your brain, this happened during COVID and everybody experienced it to some degree. Um, the isolation what that did to our brain and then having everything taken away, all of this uncertainty exacerbated fear Mm. and fear triggers your fight, flight, or freeze hormones. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what that does is (laughs) that'll start signaling to certain parts of your brain where you're not making the most logical decisions. Okay. And if you lead with, an overproduction of those certain hormones, you can have an underproduction of the other hormones such as dopamine or oxytocin. And dopamine Mm. is a feel good hormone, right? Those obviously it's dope. That's a very addicting component that you find um, Mm -hmm. outside of the body. So our bodies naturally produce that. And when we're not naturally producing that, that is how you can come up with depression. That's how you Mm. can have those. It Mm -hmm. literally can be, a um, an underproduction of certain hormones. Yeah. It's always, oh, this is the way I feel. The way you feel is actually a symptom of what's going on in your brain. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just this gap and, and they go together. Yeah. They go together. Bad? Yeah. And then also um, on another note, like I said, your cognitive part of your brain is the, the, the front of your brain. And then your emotional brain is, 
somewhere in the middle. Um, if I had a model, I'd be able to show you. So I don't want to completely ruin it by trying to verbally describe it to you. And then you have right. your, your reptilian brain, which is like the, the oldest part of our brain. Our, that's our survival brain. That's yep. the part of our brain that's like on fire when we're in fight, flight or freeze yeah. mode. So um, when we're leading in fear, and this is why it's so important not to be fearful and fear is a completely normal. I tell people this all the time. Fear is normal. It's a very normal thing to feel. If you didn't feel it, something would be wrong with you. Right. You're supposed to feel it. And your brain is going to tell you that's what it is because it's supposed to keep you safe. That's yeah. your brain's job. Your brain yeah. says, okay, this is unfamiliar territory. Let's not go this route. Mm-hmm. I know a safer route. So let's go back this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so fear is absolutely normal. The problem is, is when you, you mistake fear for danger. Mm. So, and the Mm -hmm. difference, and this is how you can tell what the difference is. Fear is inside of you. Yeah. Fear is outside of you. Right. So you can actually lead fearlessly and still be aware that there's danger Mm. without holding yourself back without um, sacrificing things that, you know, you know, you want to do. And, you know, when this whole COVID thing hit, um, that is exactly why people, there's been a spike of numbers in mental health um, cases, really, because I mean, they've, they've gone through the roof mm-hmm. because people had to sit with themselves in ways that they never had to before. Yeah. And their lives changed. They had to go home and they had to deal with things that they weren't dealing with, such as their marriage or their children, or Mm -hmm. they had to start putting down boundaries with their, their jobs that they worked at. And so I think in a sense, COVID was an awakening for people to realize we really have to take care of ourselves and not just depend on our daily lifestyle to do it for us. Yeah. So I want to go back to, the idea that we can change Mm -hmm. the wiring within our brain, because as you know, we're talking about something that is really powerful fear and the, the, and we're all living through continue continue to live through a pandemic Mm -hmm. um, unprecedented that our people we've just lived 20 plus months uh, Mm -hmm. with fear being the thing that's driving is there mm-hmm. something we can do to start rewiring? And, and what would that be? Um, on, that's there. Mm, I would say because it's so broad, because, you know, it, it really depends on what everybody wants. What what type of life do you want to have? Mm. What or, or really, I guess the more important, thing, how do you want to feel every day? How do you mm. want to feel in the future? Um, Mm -hmm. because we're, we are in control of the way we react to things. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the biggest part is whenever you feel that overwhelming sense of life, uh, which we all feel it to some degree, whether it's finances or just, you know, regular responsibilities or your life just not being where you want it to be because we all have this mental clock in our head of what we should be doing, where we should be. Um, One breathing as corny as that sounds, breathing Mm. works, breathing slows down um, your nervous system. 
and it helps bring you back down to grounding. Um, and then the second thing to do is to differentiate between what you can control and what you cannot control. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for instance, since most of our base is women, mm-hmm. um, if women, if you're in a relationship with a man or a woman um, and you have trauma of being abused, being mm-hmm. mistreated from mm-hmm. the past. Mm-hmm. So you constantly have these fears of it happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The reality is, is you cannot control what the other person does. Right. Not as soon as your spouse leaves the house for the day, or let's just say they're busy, they can't get back to you all day. And your mind starts going to this place. Um, you have to accept that whatever they do, you cannot control. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can control is how you respond to what they do. Right. right? So let's say that your spouse or your relationship is becoming toxic. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it. You're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk about what they did all day. We can do yep. that. And it'll make us feel better. But you're not taking the accountability of um, how you're responding to it. Because yeah. that, and that is where you give yourself that freedom and that rewiring of how you live your life. Because yeah. what you can do, the mistake that a lot of women make, women are very sacrificial. And the reason we are is because we're like super women. We can keep yeah. going. I can yeah. give you different parts of my body and still hold this whole world up. You know, mm. we can do that, but mm. you shouldn't do that. You should not do that. You should not compromise your mental health, um, you know, for, for, for the world around you. So, so you have to, you have to really, in order to break the anxiety, to break depression, to break, and, and this isn't across the board because sometimes there are medical cases where um, people are born with this sometimes Mm -hmm. have um, trauma related uh, mental health issues. Yep. I mean, it ranges, but for the most part, when we take control of the way that we respond to the world around us all the time, in every moment, I mean, in every moment, when you're sitting at that stoplight and the light turns green and the person in front of you won't go because they're too busy looking down at their phone, that's a moment for yeah. you to take control of yeah. and say, okay, I can either instantly get frustrated, mm-hmm. I can honk, I can lay on my horn, I can yeah. swim around them and scare them. Or I can just move over and drive through Yeah, like all of those and what those things are doing because you're the one that has to live with the experience. Yeah. Not the other people. The other people are only experiencing you for a moment. Yeah. You have to live with that experience. And what that does is you're telling your body how to be You're yeah. when you experience something, it's emotional, it's hormonal. And you, there's a lot going on in our cells yeah. during an experience. Yeah. So if you are constantly doing the same thing, well, you're, you're just feeding into that depression even more. You're feeding into that trauma even more. You're feeding yeah. into that anxiety anymore. So, or even more. So when you're in that moment, you just have to decide like, wait, I can't, this is what I can control. This is what I can't. So yeah. let me take what I can control and just start sifting through it. 
And, um, and I'm just going to do this different today. I'm going to do this one thing different and then see how it makes you feel. And you'd be so surprised. You're really telling your brain how to live your life. And then soon enough, sooner or later, when those situations hit you, it won't be such a hard impact. Yeah. It won't hit you that hard. It won't leave bruises this time. Yeah. It'll, It'll literally roll off your back and you'll be like, wow, I've really changed. Yeah. Yeah, you've changed. It's called neuroplasticity. You change. You change your mind. You change your brain. Yeah. So how do you know what you can control? How do you determine what you can control and what you can't control, knowing that our inclination as women is to sacrifice ourselves? Right. So that's, I think for women, that's much harder because women have, a, they have worse boundaries than than everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> women have terrible boundaries. Um, and it's, it, it, and like I said earlier, it's just because we think we can, we think we can spread ourselves this thin and still, still operate in the world normally. Um, and then we have these moments and everybody says we're crazy and they wonder why. So, yep. I think at least for me, this is what I do. And this is why a sense of self is so important. A sense of self outside of your children, outside of your business, outside of your job, your family, your husband, your wife, your your mother, your father, your heritage, your religion. This Your sense of self is so important because if you don't really have that, it is hard to differentiate between what is you and what is something else, what's somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because we take so much responsibility for right. everything failing. Right. Um, so you have to, and even if it's not us, we find a way to relate it to us. Mm-hmm. Well, this wouldn't happen if I would have just did this, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. you have to really, you have to literally, sometimes you got to write it down, which people don't like doing that. But if it's that complicated to, to differentiate between those moments, the only thing you know you can control is what you feel. That's mm-hmm. a really good way to initially to figure that out is how, how do I know this is me and, and not somebody else? It's how, how you're feeling, even mm-hmm. if you're completely justified for what you feel. Can you talk a little bit about what advice you would give to women who are working in a challenging environment and have to... Um, Manu- how have to operate in, in one of those environments? Um, depending on what the issues are, I would say, uh, because I did see um, a study recently that women are experiencing burnout quicker than men mm-hmm. are in the workspace mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're realizing that their worth is not being reciprocated. Mm-hmm. Um, they're realizing, okay, my counterparts are getting paid more than me and I'm offering more than they are. Mm-hmm. So I personally was like, oh, that's great. That means people are realizing, you know, uh, that women are more valuable than that age old stereotype that they're just here to fill up space. Like we actually have things to offer. Um, so I would say one, um, cause I said this on another interview that I had was boundaries having boundaries in in the workspace Mm -hmm. uh, because work is not just um, physical labor. It's mental labor. It's emotional Mm -hmm. labor. Mm -hmm. And you have to know, and you have to know 
because no one else is going to do it for you. Yeah. Trust me. If your if your teammates think you can do it, they're going to be like, okay, cool, you can have it. If your boss thinks you can do it, okay, cool, I'll let you have it. Um, you have to you have to speak up before you get to the point of uh, gassing out. What does burnout feel like? Like, how do you know if you're burnt out? Burnout, when you're burnt out, when, when someone says I'm tired yeah. and it resonates on all levels, like it's, it is a physical, emotional and yeah. mental exhaustion yeah. all at once. That's what yeah. burnout is. It is when you say, I can't do this anymore. And mm -hmm. usually when people get to that point, they either take off for long periods of time or they get up and quit and change careers mm -hmm. um, and rethink their whole life. Yeah. So, and sometimes, you know, you just have these awakenings and those are fine. Um, but it's important to, to have an awakening after having boundaries, right? Yeah. Like, cause some people have these patterns, like where they have such poor boundaries and then you look at their, their life patterns or life cycles and there's no stability because mm -hmm. their lack of boundaries causes them to go, 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 give my all, give my all in whatever situation I'm in. And then now I'm tired and I can't deal with it anymore. So I'm going to give up and I'm going to go to the next project. Yeah. Um, but that's not, that's not good for you. Is there something, is there any practice or advice you can give to women about how they could develop that sense, that self-awareness practice. Because I think this is what we hear over and over and over again from women. They understand something doesn't feel right. Something's mm -hmm. not sitting right, mm -hmm. but they can't pinpoint what it is. Yeah. Do you have any advice for how women can work to build? It, it almost feels like you need to build a practice, but maybe it's something else. What, what are you? I think it's on? about unfolding like unfolding who you are. So when I talk about self-awareness um, or sense of self, because self-awareness is your sense is, is understanding that sense of self. Your, yeah. your, your sense of self is your essence. That is, mm -hmm. it's what you are. If you were nothing but a vapor, that's what, that's what your essence is. Mm -hmm. um, it is not anything you can see. It's, not your children. It's not your, mm -hmm. your animals. It's not the cars you have. It's not the friends you have. It is you. Right. And then your self-awareness is understanding what that is. Yeah. And everything that you have to build around that in your life, um, that's going to support that, that essence of what you Love are. That. So I always mm -hmm. tell people, you know, cause so, so many people are like, I have to heal. I have to heal. And I'm like, don't use that word. Don't use healing. Say that you're unfolding. Yes. You know, say, that, say that you're getting rid of mm -hmm. these belief systems that you've told yourself, that other people have told you, or this ideas, these ideas of this life that you should be having, or the money you should be making. Like, peel that shit off of you. Yeah. Peel it off until you have nothing. And when you're left with nothing, that's what you're your sense of self is. Um, I really appreciate you spending this time with us. How can people follow you, follow what you do if they want to learn more? What's the best way for them to do that? Um, I'm pretty active on my Instagram. So mm -hmm. 
If you type in my name, A-D-A-I-R-E, last name, B-Y-E-R-L-Y, that's Adair Byerly, um, you should see two different pages pop up. Actually, I have my uh, creative page, and then I have uh, my Brains Behind Fame, which is more my business page. Um, and you can also type my name in uh, the search engine. You'll see um, LinkedIn pop up, Facebook. You could add me on there. Um, and then you can also subscribe to web, my website where we send out newsletters and mm. things that we'll be doing in the future, events and stuff uh, regarding mental health based events. So, and that's at www.entertainmentmindframe.com. That is awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to subscribe and I <laughs> will make sure that we have all of the links for people. Adair, thank you for spending this time with us today and for helping enlighten us on thank a topic you. that I think is so important. And you talk about it so eloquently. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love, I love doing it. Thank you for listening to She Speaks How She Does It. We hope that this episode inspired you in your own experience and path towards success. Be sure to like and subscribe to follow our series of conversations. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. So join the conversation at She Speaks Up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can also join She Speaks at shespeaks.com. Thanks for listening and look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.